Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside DLU as we uh, look to Saturday's matchup with K-State and TCU, a 1.30 kickoff uh, on Fox Sports Net, uh, your local uh, Fox Sports Net affiliates. Uh, we'll be carrying that game for you. And uh, you get two teams that are coming in, maybe not feeling great about themselves. Uh, TCU coming off of a uh, 49-24 loss at the hands of the Iowa State Cyclones. And uh, K-State with a week to regroup uh, after starting conference play uh, 0-2. So uh, K-State looks to get on the right side of uh, the win column here in conference play. And uh, they get a chance to do that against uh, a TCU Horn Frog team uh, that is, is kind of licking their wounds after uh, getting whooped up on by the, uh, by the Cyclones up there in Ames. So D-Loop, I want to welcome you in here. Uh, one, first of all, how are you doing today? Icon, it's uh, great to be here, uh, feeling refreshed after the bye week, uh, ready to uh, tackle the rest of the season. You get iced up? Yeah, I'm all iced up. I uh, practice some of my hobbies, and uh, I'm ready to get back into uh, into sports. Well, for me, I do. I have no hobbies. It's all sports all the time, baby. You know me. You're just grinding on game film. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you look at uh, this TCU Horn Frog team, you see kind of a team that's that's struggling a little bit. You know, a team that uh, identity-wise for most of Gary Patterson's tenure at TCU has been um, has been focused on that defensive side of the ball. But uh, in their two losses this year, uh, SMU, uh, two SMU who's, who's currently undefeated and ranked, and Iowa State, they've both given up 40 points uh, plus uh, in those games. So maybe not quite the same kind of TCU team that you might be expecting. Uh, but what do you see from the Horn Frogs as they uh, as they come here to Manhattan on on Saturday? You know, I I see it as a team that should look a little familiar to K State because I think that there are you know some parallels uh, so far at the midway point in the season. I mean, it's a team that got up got a nice win in uh, at, at Purdue in week two of the season, and uh, you know they were riding kind of high there, but then they go and drop. At the time, it was kind of a curious one uh, to uh, SMU. And then, uh, you know, you chalk that up to maybe uh, just an outlier game, especially uh, when they go out and just paste uh, the Jayhawks the following week. But then last week, uh, they get absolutely drubbed against uh, an Iowa State team that prior to last week hasn't exactly set the world on fire through, uh, through the young season. And so a team that's kind of struggling to find its identity and trying to figure out whether uh, these last few weeks have been kind of an aberration for this team or if if they are, if, if this is the team they got this year. And I think K-State's kind of uh, in a similar position. Yeah, so let's, I want to kind of hit bit or touch base here with you regarding the uh, the quarterback position for the Horned Frogs. Of course, K-State fans are familiar with the name Alex Delton. Uh, he got some playing time last week against Iowa State. Uh, but Max Duggan has kind of uh, grabbed hold of that uh, starting quarterback, uh, starting quarterback position. What do you see from him and and Delton at that position? And and do you think that maybe uh, Delton might uh, might uh, you know have a nice homecoming, so to speak, uh, as he comes back to Manhattan? Yeah. I uh, first I think I'll start with the guy who's probably going to see. Uh, most, if not all, of the snaps on Saturday for the Horned Frogs. That's Max Duggan. Uh, this is a true freshman, um, a guy that's very talented and I think has a bright future 
playing for TCU here in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, you know, I think it's just the type of guy that you, you're kind of rolling with and you have some growing pains. A uh, bad turnover last week that led to a scoop and score for Iowa State. But otherwise, I mean, pretty steady Eddie. Uh, six, 64 of 113 on the year uh, for 742 yards with nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. Obviously split time with uh, Alex Delton early on. But so far through the young season, I think he's uh, he's done a kind of a nice job for TCU, especially considering his young age. Last week went 17 of 25 for 219 yards. Um Two touchdowns, but like I mentioned, uh, had a fumble that uh, was not helpful to the Horned Frogs' chances. Also can get it done on the ground as well. Um, Of course, Alex Delton needs no introduction to K-State fans. uh, A guy who is just electric on the ground. I mean, there's there's no way other way to put it. He's a talented runner. Um, But I'm I was a little bit taken aback. With the electric use as the descriptor. Well, he is. I mean, Delton, for as limited as he is through the air, although I will say went 4-5 or five passing last uh, week. What was the uh, what was the yardage on that? Uh, two yards. Two yards. Okay. Which, okay. you know what? You can only complete the passes, and yeah, he completed he, them. That's that's a good point, Delton. But, uh, no, it's... I, I, don't think, good. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm overstating it by calling Alex Delton an electric runner. I think he is. It's... It was never the running that was his. Oh issue no, no, no one, no one's saying that he wasn't a good runner. I'm just he electric. was a good runner. Electric is just go back and watch that UCLA or that no, uh, I, yeah, the Cactus Bowl. I mean, yeah. who could forget? But it just uh, I just thought that was an interesting word choice. That's all. This year, regardlessly, I I don't think we see too much of Alex Delton on Saturday unless you know against Iowa State. Uh, he got in for two series. No, he did start the second half. Uh, correct. Yeah, he he bookended. The, he finished the first half and started the second half. Okay. Um, but didn't do too much uh, for the Horned Frogs on Saturday. Uh, ran for 12 yards, passed for two yards. And so uh, not a whole lot there. And I think uh, Duggan is the future for this Horned Frog team in the distant future and also in the near future. I'd expect him to take... Uh, most of, if not all, the snaps. So, so uh, we no quarterback controversy down there in Fort Worth at the moment. Uh, let's look at some other parts of their offense outside of the quarterback position. I think what you'd have to classify as maybe a strength of this um, this TCU team is the receivers, actually. And I think when you look at these receivers. You've got guys that you know. I think K State fans uh, are familiar with, uh, you know, if they because they've been around a little bit. Uh, but with uh, Jalen Rager, that's the name that probably dro- draws the the most familiarity with K State fans. But they have some other guys uh, that have some serious potential uh, for big plays due to their speed. Uh, and now, uh, Drew, I'm going to have to. You may. I have to ask for forgiveness if I mispronounce this, because I'm gonna try my best, and then I'm gonna give you uh, the phone and let you see what you think the pronunciation is here. Tavalience Hunt. What do you think here? Probably Tavalence Hunt. Tavalence Hunt. What sounded out? What a name. What a name. Uh, but he's got some serious big play potential, uh, averaging 20 yards a catch. 
uh, that someone got to watch out for. And then w- this one, uh, this name is a whole lot easier to pronounce uh, from my uh, from my vocabulary. Pro Wells. How about that? I like and, that. And he is a tight end, 6'4", 260. And he is a guy that they tar- like to target down in the red zone. Uh, so I think that K-State's going to have their work cut out for him. Uh, assuming Duggan is the guy back there throwing the ball, uh, a more accomplished passer than, than Delton, uh, looks to give K-State a little bit of uh, trouble through the air potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, this is an offense that's capable. Um, and, you know, you're going to, like I mentioned earlier, you're going to have some growing pains with uh, with a true freshman quarterback getting a lot of your snaps. But certainly he's got some good pieces uh, to work with, does Max Duggan. And uh, so if you're coming into a situation uh, as a true freshman, I think it's a pretty ideal situation for the, for the young man. Um, also has some uh, guys on the ground to help him out. Darius Anderson, a running back who's getting most of the carries for the Horned Frogs. Uh, 530 yards for him. He's uh, 5'11", 212 pounds. Uh, so not your prototypical... Uh, scat back that you'd expect to see, but a guy who can definitely get it done um, for the Horned Frog. So a uh, bit of a balanced attack that we'll see on Saturday, but uh, obviously the guy that sticks out is Max Duggan, as uh, you don't see traditionally too many uh, true freshman quarterbacks uh, in the Big 12, although uh, this will be the second one K-State's faced this year. Yep, yep. So let's uh, let's get off the, the offense here for a moment. Let's transition to the other side of the ball on the defense. So TCU, a little bit different than the first two uh, teams that K-State has played in conference play uh, with Baylor and uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, but with Baylor uh, and Oklahoma State both running 3-3-5s and uh, Gary Patterson and the TCU Frogs running a 4-2-5, this will be the first defense uh, defensive look that they see in conference play uh, from you know a four-down lineman set uh, on the defensive side of the ball. What do you think? Maybe that uh, what impact that might have uh, on the game in terms of how K State might match up with this TCU four-two-five defense? Well, based on what I saw in the first two games, uh, where K State's offense was faced with uh, the three-down lineman uh, defense. Uh, I'm excited. I, I, I think it's, I, yeah, I think it's probably I, a welcomed uh, change of scenery. You'd think so, just because the those three three five sets were so uh, difficult for K State's offense to figure out. Like uh, TCU, it starts up front for them. Um, their their defense alignment will you'll notice they will take some seemingly odd uh, attacks. They'll slant to certain ways just to disrupt the run. Um, and so that's where it, it starts up front for TCU. But uh, obviously Gary Patterson has been the chief uh, defensive mind in the conference for, uh, for really since his tenure. And yeah. Matt Campbell might have something to say about that as his uh, philosophy continues to spread. But TCU is going to – it's traditionally been a stout uh, – defense for uh, Big 12 Conference teams to face off against. Although, as you mentioned earlier, this year, uh, not quite the case for the Horned Frogs. 
giving up uh, 40 points in two of their losses. Yeah, and TCU's defense is one of the better ones in the in the Big 12 uh, conference so far in terms of uh, what they're allowing on the ground. Only 100 yards per game uh, there and three yards a carry. So K-State uh, will have their work cut out for them uh, again this week. Uh, in terms of if they're going to get anything going offensively, you have to think it starts on the ground. And uh, traditionally, uh, Gary Patterson always brings a, a stingy defense. And while that might not be the exact same case this year, they do appear to be at least stingy enough on the ground to make you to make it work there. Yeah, I mean, on paper, this isn't a good matchup for K State's offense. I mean, K State's offense is supposed to be the running game, um, and they're facing off against a team that's kind of built in a position to stop the run. And so that's not ideal uh, for K-State's offense. Although uh, Iowa State had some success on the ground. Brock Purdy went for 102 yards. Johnny Lang added 72 on the ground. The team uh, combined for 189 yards. And so they've, uh, they, they've done a good job throughout the season, but uh, against Iowa State... You saw some chinks in that TCU armor. Well, let's uh, let's transition over now to the K-State side of things. Uh, K-State, coming off a of bye week, they haven't played well for two straight games. Uh, offensively, they haven't really scored a touchdown, uh, a really a meaningful touchdown. I mean, both touchdowns that they had scored against um, Oklahoma State and Baylor were garbage. essentially garbage time. Yeah. Um, so K-State really struggling offensively. How do you see this matchup? I think we kind of touched on it already when we highlighted TCU's defense, but how do you see this matchup for K-State uh, when the Wildcats set the ball? I'm not optimistic. Uh, you Hard know, Against Baylor, it was, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe that Oklahoma State game was just an aberration. Um, Malik Knowles' status was kind of in the air at the time, and you're able to chalk it up to Thompson having a bad game. But, you know, watching this offense struggle – two weeks in a row against defenses that, you know, on paper shouldn't really challenge K-State all that much if K-State has a good offense. Um, you know, that that's enough evidence for me to say that K-State has some serious problems offensively. And going up against a, a defense built like TCU that is well-positioned to stop the run, that tells me that Thompson's going to have to bear a lot of the weight on Saturday if K-State wants to have any success. And over these last two games, I just haven't seen um, Thompson in the passing game in general step up to the challenge. And so, no, I'm not I'm not optimistic uh, for K-State's offense on Saturday. What about defensively? With TCU, like as we've said, another freshman quarterback that K-State faces here uh, with uh, Max Duggan. What, well, first of all, with um, with Alex Dalton being you know on the roster at uh, TCU and, and and being the backup quarterback, you think he sh- is sharing? I mean, obviously the defense is different than what uh, both defense and offense with the new staff is different than what was going on. But how much do you think he's sharing about personnel that uh, that he might be able to glean off of that? I think it's probably worthless. I mean, if when did he announce his transfer? Um, shortly after uh, Snyder had retired, I, I don't think enough. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, I don't think enough was installed at that point. I think the team is 
probably too different. I don't even know if Kleinman was higher. I, I really did. Honestly yeah, I, I don't remember. But disregardlessly, I, I doubt that is much of a factor at all. I mean, I would have thought Zuber may have been able to tip a little bit just because I think he lasted a little longer. Yeah, um, if I remember right, he lasted longer than, than Delton did. And yeah. so, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that factors into it much. Uh, though I will say, I hope uh, Delton gets a lot of uh, touches because I think K State's defense, that would, that would be favorable for K State's defense. Um, on the other hand, you know, I, I think the defense is going to do a fun job on Saturday. I haven't been too upset with their performances nope. in the last two games. Um, you know, they haven't been shining, but they've been good enough to win, I would say, if you have a capable offense. But yeah. the problem is is the K-State's offense has just been so lethargic that the defense, despite having okay games for the defense, the games just haven't been really in doubt. Yeah, lethargic, uh, pitiful, another way to put it as well. Yeah, just uh, get out your thesaurus. And I, mean, there, I mean, there's uh, there's all sorts of uh, you know adjectives you can use to describe K State's offensive play here in the last two weeks. So um, let's go. I want to go ask one more question about Alex Dalton. Okay, uh, a native of Hayes, Kansas, of course, uh, Hayes High Indian, and he he's making his return back to back to Manhattan. He'll he'll be dressing in the other locker room. What if he comes out and he has a whale of a game? Let's say 200 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, and leads TCU to a, a comfortable win. Let's. I'm just. This is a hypothetical. Sure. Um, and wouldn't it be the first time that something like like that would happen? I mean, nobody saw Conk Klein against who was it? Texas. Texas yeah. In 2010, mm-hmm. uh, put up. I don't know if he threw for 200 yards, but yeah, we threw. Well, the ball. he threw the ball four times. Yeah, but. So. That, but I don't even know if he completed. I think he completed one, maybe for like yeah. nine yards or something like that. But anyway, whatever the stats are. But uh, Alex Alton comes out and plays a great game, and TCU wins comfortably over over K State. What would your, your reaction be to that? Oh, it would just be a disaster. I mean, I can't think of a more demoralizing uh, scenario for K State if if not only do we lose to a TCU team that's not a top half of the Big 12 team. Uh, if, we, if we lost to them by a lot, and it was Alex Delton to do it, it would just be a complete disaster. I can't imagine a more demoralizing uh, way to lose for uh, this fan base to any team other than KU. Yeah, well, I mean, it's I, like I said, I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of playing time. And I don't think that's going to necessarily happen. But Why would you even... Talk that into existence. Just an interesting point. You know, I, we like to cover all angles here at uh, the short side option. You don't get this analysis also. That's true. Yeah, so, you folks. don't get hard-hitting analysis like a hypothetical Alex Delton beating the hell out of Kansas State would be a bummer. No. Anywhere else other than right here on the that, short side option. That's off. right. That's right. So, uh, Del, let's uh, let's get to prediction time. What do you say, huh? I happy to. Um, K-State enters this game as a three-and-a-half-point home dog uh, to the Frogs. A home team getting points. What's, What's better than that? What's sweeter than that? So, uh, Dell, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's your prediction uh, for K-State TCU? Well, I've uh, I, after two bad games in a row, I I I just have so little faith in this offense uh, until they show me something different. Until they show me that you know, and even you know, I don't even 
people say two bad games in a row for the offense. But if you look back at that Mississippi State game, it wasn't all sunshine and no, no, daisies not. there either. I mean, no. don't forget, K-State and that's a bad, a, And that's, as we look here about halfway through the season, that's a pretty bad Mississippi State team. Yeah, and uh, K-State was... Got drilled the, by Auburn, lost last week to... Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the shine has come off... Tennessee. Yeah, the shine has come off yeah. that win. But my point is, is that K-State's offense was not humming on all cylinders that game by any stretch, especially in the second half. So you have now 10 halves of football in a row where... Not 10 halves, 10 quarters, excuse me. 10 quarters of football in a row where K-State's offense has looked just bad. Mm-hmm. And yep, so absolutely. I'm not ready to say that K-State's offense is going to all of a sudden get clicking here, especially with Malik Knowles out against one of the better defenses in the conference. Um, so as far as the prediction goes, I think TCU's offense finds ways to put up enough points just to outscore K-State, just because I don't see K-State's offense doing too much uh, in their own right. Uh, and so I, I think K-State loses this one 24-16. to 24-16. Another, another stinker for the offense and another game for the defense where you say, well, if we could have scored 25 points in this game, we would have won. Yeah, if we could have scored. Yeah, because, I mean, that's really all you're asking your offense to do. It, or, I mean, it's, You'd it's like almost, to see them put up 30. but Yeah, it's almost a minimum that you should be able to expect your offense most times out to get 21. I think that would be – I think that's the floor for – if you want to win a game – you have to score at least 21 points. I really think it's probably more like 28, but I think 28 seems almost like it would take three games for us to score that many points. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, like I, It's true, though. I mean, in the last two games, K-State's offense put up 12 and 13 points, and you're not going to – it's extremely rare for you to win a game where you score 12 or 13 points. Now, I think K-State scored 16 this week, but still rare. Yeah. Uh, to win a ball game under those circumstances, so yeah. uh, I'm hoping that we see uh, we see a different K State offense uh, come out and play this week, uh, and somehow put up in the range of 30 points. And if they do that, I think K State wins the game. But I don't, unless K State shows me some semblance of competence, uh, I just can't pick them to win a game against a team that has a decent defense. I, I, I think that's uh, I think that's uh, along the same lines that I'm thinking, uh, D. Lou here. Uh, as we said, K State uh, three and a half point home dog here. Uh, I'm also seeing uh, the frogs come out on top of this one, uh, D. Lou. I uh, don't see it as close as you do either. What? You no, know, you you were twenty twenty four to sixteen. Twenty four to sixteen. I've got the final score twenty eight to ten. Wow. Uh, a a win for the frogs, and uh, I think it's going to be the a little bit of the same. I think it's going to be K-State just doesn't have enough offense uh, to, to get it going, and they become a little too predictable with with uh, what they're trying to do offensively. Not necessarily that uh, the play calling is unbalanced or anything like that, but uh, I don't think TCU is going to be giving our receivers much respect, and uh, they're going to be jamming that box, and I think it's K-State's going to have a lot of tough sledding uh, to get anything sustained uh, on the ground against what's a, a pretty good run defense for the Frogs. So I see a 28-10 uh, for TCU in this one. Yeah, if you're, a tech, if you're TCU's defensive coordinator this week, you got to just be drooling and say, well, where do, you, where do you start, I mean, with defending this K-State offense? I mean, it's, it's just looked – we haven't done anything right in the last five halves. 
Yeah. It's so cool. you just sit in base and see if K-State can do anything against you. So we will uh, we'll wrap it up here for, for TCU. Anything else you'd like to add on this game? No, other than I'd like to see K-State come out, and if K-State can get the running game looking like it did uh, you know, in the first three weeks, then I think uh, that would be extremely encouraging. But uh, if K-State comes out trying to throw the ball uh, 30, 35 times, it's, it's not going to be It's a recipe pretty. for disaster. Well, you know, folks, I, I want to give you a little bit of a behind-the-curtain look here at this week's short side option. Uh, as we were trying to get this thing recorded earlier, uh, I ran into some technical difficulties on my computer. It's about time to put this thing out to pasture, it looks like. Uh, but while uh, we were getting rebooted and restarted, uh, Dilo and I were uh, looking through some old uh, old fatty videos, and uh, one of which highlighted the first play of the Ron Prince era, uh, a uh, play-action deep post uh, that was intercepted. Um, so you're saying we don't come out and do that? To start uh, the game against DC, not not uh, going play action deep post, uh, trying to hit a sixty yard bomb. I, uh, if it works, it works. <laughs> but I'd like to see K State come out and and get back to its identity, which is ostensibly a power running team. No, no sixty yard double moves or posts and nothing like that right away. I okay. Maybe it's just clever enough to work, but I uh, I would. I, I would like to see this case. If this K-State offense is going to be a power running game, then let's be a power running team and see if we can manage to average four yards of carry this week. Well, that would be a step in the right direction. But uh, Also, on that interception, you know who made the tackle? Well, yeah, I watched it. it was Carlos also. Former Wildcat, oh, Wildcat legend Carlos and, also. And plays like that and hustle like that. And you know, also, too, in that replay, he was kind of bulldogging for that ball. He was trying to wrestle it away. And yeah. He, he left the pile with the ball. So, But uh, the uh, the um, officials hand the ball over to uh, Illinois State in that one, and and uh, they're able to uh, to get an interception on the first play of the game. So uh, D'Lo and I, uh, both picking against K-State, uh, kind of both. Uh, I don't think we're necessarily being negative, really. I think we're just calling it like we see it. I don't know how anybody could watch the last two games and feel like this offense is primed for a that. That we're just uh, uh, ready for a breakthrough. Yeah. If if you can see that, then tell me what the lottery. Give ticket. me your glasses. Give me give me give me what the lottery numbers are going to be next Wednesday. But you know what they say about college football. Expect the unexpected. They do say that about college football, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they, they sure do. do. They sure do. Well, folks, that'll wrap it up here uh, for uh, the TCU preview uh, portion here of the short side option. After a short break, uh, we will be back uh, where uh, Dilu uh, gives us another Wildcat legend, and uh, we answer your questions and ask the icon. Join us after the break. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Short Side Option podcast, where we are getting into a segment we call This Week's Wildcat Legend. But before we do that, to tell you about our friends over at Assurance Exteriors. Assurance Exteriors is one of the leading providers of roofing, siding, gutters, and insulation for Topeka, Garden City, and all of Kansas, along with Nebraska. Their exterior remodeling and renovations company is committed to providing the highest quality services for you, the valued customer, and they ensure the best in in-home renovation services. Their goal is, and always has been, to provide total outward care for your home that leaves you with the complete inward assurance you deserve. 
Again, that's Assurance Exteriors. Total outward care, total inward assurance. Visit them at assuranceexteriors.net. An icon? Our Wildcat legend this week. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's Michael Pushki. Oh, how about that? And also, uh, folks, just, just one okay. further thing about Assurance Exteriors. By all means. Mention the Short Side Option Podcast. You get a free estimate and consultation. Yeah, it's that simple. You know, I had a friend last week visited Assurance Exteriors. Forgot to mention the Short Side Option Podcast. Charged them a killing. Hey. For their estimation. That's right. So if you're thinking about getting your gutters looked at, your roof looked at, your siding redone, there's only one place to call, folks. That's the Shirts Series. But don't forget to mention Short Side Option Podcast. What was I saying before? Uh, uh, Michael Pushki. Oh, yeah. Michael Pushki. Who can forget? Pushki. Yeah, Michael Pushki. What a player. Uh, number 82 for Kansas State. His, uh, his stat line over two years played in 14 games for the Wildcats. Uh, four in 2006. And tacked on um, nine. Nine games. In, uh, well, make that 10 games in 2007. Um, his career stat line, 27 receptions, 184 yards, averaged 6.8 yards per reception. Never quite found pay dirt for the Wildcat, mm. but he was a heck of a blocker as well. And uh, Michael Pushki, of course, uh, one of that uh, really talented group uh, that K-State got in the class of 2006. From Northeastern Oklahoma. He was a Neo-Viking. Um, he along with... Uh, well... There were several of them. I know yeah, Antoine, Antoine Moore. Moore uh, Justin Rowland. Justin Rowland as well. Uh, Brandon Balcom. It's a real who's who of potential Wildcat legends here. Uh, and then of course, who could forget Devin Anderson. Uh, uh, not Certainly not I. Yeah, what K-State just went... Made a lot of hay down there in the in the Sooner State in Ron Prince's first recruiting class. Uh, but, you know, people remember Michael Pushki for all sorts of reasons. But the game that stands out to me, uh, there's a couple. Number one is when he was just reeling in everything against San Jose State. Uh, quarterback Josh Freeman targeted him uh, four times that day. He caught all four of them. Uh, Pulled in a total of 26 yards that day against uh, the San Jose State Trojans? Spartans. Spartans. They look like Trojans. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, bad job by me on that. Uh, so great great game uh, for Michael Pushki against San Jose State. And then later on that season against Iowa State, uh, pulled in two catches for 41 yards. So quite a performance uh, by... Pushki in that game as well, although it was a losing effort in Ames that cold day in November in 2007. Uh, Icon, do you have anything you want to mention about Michael Pushki? Uh, no, Drew, I think you covered it extremely well. Uh, Michael Pushki, a fan favorite at K-State uh, after um, it, you know a reception of his, uh, Wildcat fans would um, you know bellow out a, a Pushki uh, you know chant and. You know, they loved him uh, in Wildcat land, and, and they gave him plenty of re- – and he gave Wildcat fans plenty of reason to do that. Yeah, and uh, 
Pushki, yeah, do, do you have an update for us on, on uh, what uh, Pushki's up to? I sure do. He is uh, coaching football at MacArthur High School in uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, the Highlanders doing a great job down there for them. And he's also the head girls golf coach uh, down there uh, in Lawton as well. So Pushki getting it done on the gridiron and on the links there for MacArthur High School. Uh, ah, so he's kind of going from one end of the state uh, from his college playing days to the other, uh, going from uh, Miami, Oklahoma, to uh, to Lawton. So he's he's covered the whole state here of uh, of Oklahoma as as far as that is concerned. That's right, staking his claim all across the Sooner State as they are wont to do down there, and uh, you know it's, whether it's coaching guys on the gridiron, playing on the gridiron for K State, and even coaching. Uh, those ball strikers on the golf course. Uh, Michael Pushki is and will forever be remembered by K-State fans as a Wildcat legend. And as we close the book on this week's Wildcat legend, we'll get into our final segment on the show, a segment we call Ask the Icon, where listeners by this time should know that they can uh, ask questions of the short side options, very young Chris the Icon Sork. And you know what? He'll answer them. He'll answer them right for you. And, uh... Listeners can do so by submitting their questions to the Short Side Option on Twitter by tweeting at the Short Side Option Podcast at TSSO underscore podcast or using the hashtag AskTheIcon. And Icon, uh, not a whole lot of questions this week uh, from our listeners. I think uh, K-State fans, kind of like us, are a little uh, dour about uh, the Wildcats in uh through the early part of well, conference play. And, folks, I just want to tell, let you know, you shouldn't let the Wildcats' mood or the Wildcats' you know recent woes uh, on the gridiron affect your willingness to reach out to me. I'm here for you. This is your time to interact with me, the icon. That's right. You just lay down on the couch and, and let the icon be your therapist. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm here for, folks. Come and on. Our first question this week comes from listener SteveZ60. Via text. Okay. Let's hear it. What's he got for me? Steve C. And this is a little off the wall. Might be a little uh, out of your wheelhouse. Okay, well, you know how that goes. It involves it involves pop culture. <laughs> well, that's a strength of mine for sure. So we'll, uh, we'll just put you on the spot here. Okay. Yes, please list the favorite emo band for each of the following. Okay? <laughs> okay. All right. You with me so uh, far? I'm, I'm with you. Number one. Skylar Thompson. Uh, My Chemical Romance. All right. We're going to just roll through your knowledge of emo bands here. You might be a little bit surprised here. Um, uh, as I, as I, you know, I'm, I'm I mean, D-Lo, I, I know you paint me as a guy who, um, you know, just, uh, you know, is always breaking down film. And I, I am. I mean, let's not, let's not get, get out of the, get out of the way there. But, uh, yeah, you know. Sure. I know my way around a jukebox, so to speak. And so Skylar Thompson got the Black Parade album on repeat. What mm-hmm. a great album, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next, Cartier Jada. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to say Jimmy Eat World. All right. I like that, too. Uh, third, the Scorpion himself, Bruce Weber. You know, what comes to mind here as Bruce... Uh, and the Scorpion has taken back the Big 12 Conference, uh, having been the reigning, defending Big 12 champions. I have to go with 
Taking Back Sunday. All right. For the Scorpion. Gosh. Emo band. These bands are great. <laughs> I really like all three of these so far. Here, come on. Uh, feed me. All I'm right. going to roll here. Coach Hazleton. Oh, Panic at the Disco. Because when other teams see that K-State defense lineup, <laughs> it's sheer panic, folks. <laughs> and finally, uh, oh, your co-host, d Oh, you know, you always string because I know, because you can, you can play piano very well mm-hmm. for, for our listeners that might not be uh, aware. And I don't know if this is necessarily emo or not, but I know you have played one of their songs uh, it, that's kind of part of your melody that you like to go with, and that's Blink-182. Oh, that's right. I don't know if Blink-182 totally constitutes uh, emo, but you know what? Pop punk, emo. Uh, it's a- I was, it was either that or maybe... Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Weezer? Interesting emo there. You know what? Let me spoil this for you. What, what does D-Lo have to say about I'm, I'm riding with Skylar Thompson. You're MCR? MCR or maybe uh, Taking Back Sunday. But uh, excellent stuff there. What about Amberlin? Amberlin? Yeah, you know them. <laughs> I sure don't. Or Amberlin, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were a group. That was, they were a group that was formed out of uh, looks like Winter Haven, Florida. Oh yeah, those boys. Nah, not 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 too up to speed on that. Okay, that's that's fine. But we'll go back to the lab. Okay. And we'll uh, you know after the season gets over and you stop eating so much film, we'll uh, yeah, well, you know the off there is no off season in my my line of work. I like I like the way yeah, you're you know how it is. I like what you're thinking. Uh, next question comes from listener Trim at Trim Goema. Trim asks, "Well, the grind on sports stories never stops." Yeah, about he, that. As he is, as, yeah, absolutely. You surely carved out some time for the Tempty premiere, Temptation Island. He says, "Thoughts?" That's tonight. That's on the to-do list tonight, isn't it, D-Lo? It Sure is. Uh, new season of Temptation Island starts. We uh, we're big marks for Temptation Island, and uh, that's uh, on the docket this evening after. Uh, we finish uh, talking about sports and sports stories. That's right. So no, we're, 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 I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Absolutely. So tune in next week uh, where we'll break down uh, not only the K-State game and the future of the season, but also maybe get into the episode of Temptation Island. And our final question this week comes from listener Stephen Norman at Stephen M. Norman on Twitter. I wonder what that M stands for. Uh, I think it stands for Martin. Martin? I don't know. What do you think it stands for? Oh, I was thinking... I mean, it's his middle name. I can't remember. I think it's maybe Mordecai? Milton? <laughs> Could be maybe. anything. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. All right. Stephen uh, Mordecai Norman asks, Just in case things don't go well in the next few days and the Yankees season ends, baseball question. Oh, all right. I think a lot of us would like to know two or three off-season priorities going into next season for the franchise. What are they, in your opinion? Well, uh, of course, uh, Stevens uh, referring to my New York Yankees. Uh, they currently trailed the Houston Astros uh, today, uh, as we're bringing this to you on a Wednesday evening. Uh, they have been rained out as a uh, big nor'easter is uh, moving through the greater uh, tri-state area, uh, up through the Bronx, and uh, they're they're trailing the Astros right now, two to one in a best of seven series. Uh, to go to the World Series and the American League Championship Series. So, uh, to answer his question on what are the two or three biggest uh, priorities for the Yankees in the offseason, one, you have to look at starting pitching. Um, 
Get a guy like Andy Pettit in there. Well, we could use an Andy Pettit right now. But uh, Garrett Cole, uh, the guy who shut the Yankees down, even though he didn't have his best stuff yesterday, he's a free agent. Uh, grew up a Yankees fan, uh, as if you watched the game, was well documented uh, throughout the broadcast. But I'd like to see them uh, go after uh, some starting pitcher, whether if it's Garrett Cole or maybe a, a little bit lesser of a pitcher. Uh, they're also, uh, they have some free agency uh, decisions to make on, on their end as well. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, uh, they have a club option with him. Uh, Araldus Chapman, uh, he uh, will probably opt out of his player option and uh, will test the market as a free agent. Uh, you know, he's getting pretty old. He's 32 years old. Do you, do you look to bring a guy like that back? Uh, he's been very good for the Yankees, though, uh, since his in his second stint uh, with the Yankees. But they also have uh, decisions to make with Didi Gregorius, who's going to play shortstop. Is he? Are they going to let him walk and slide Torres over to uh, to shortstop and then let uh, Lemayhu, uh, you know, take over at second his natural position rather than first base? Uh, these are all um, these are all uh, things that you have to keep an eye on uh, as a Yankees fan here, uh, as the off season uh, is approaching here uh, within the next month or so. But uh, as of now, my focus is on the diamond and uh, getting three more wins against this Astros team. All right, folks. Well, uh, thank you for that icon. Absolutely. And, uh, just want to remind our listeners: is I think this is probably the only podcast in the universe um, where you can get a nice cross section of uh, music and. K-State sports and sports stories in general, uh, ranging from college football to the Yankees. That's right. And then add in a little uh, USA reality television programming. That's right. And, you know, you you, you can scour all over and uh, not find this level of discussion, not find this level of insight. So, uh, D'Lo, I, th- I, I, I praise you for uh, bringing that uh, comment to the table there. I just thought it was worth pointing out. I, I thought, it was, thought it was very uh, practical and apt. There you go. So... Well- well, Icon, any other uh, points you'd like to make or uh, well wishes to give the listeners? Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to thank our listeners uh, for, for, for listening to us here and uh, let us know what your thoughts are uh, on either what the, uh, what the Wildcats uh, are going to be going up against on Saturday, what your predictions for the game are. Uh, you can tweet us at uh, TSSO underscore podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter there. And uh, let us know what you think uh, the outcome is going to be on Saturday. And... Uh, you know, maybe the person closest to it, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send him a nice baked good. How about that? Maybe make him a... A pizza. Yeah, maybe make him a pizza. Yeah. How about that, huh? Oh, that'd be nice. Do you have anything you'd like to, you know, wrap up here before we go? No. Nope? You have nothing to say? Mm, no. I think we've covered our bases. I think we've covered the bases, and I, uh, I hope the Yankees are uh, going to be trotting around those bases uh, plenty of times tomorrow night in the rest of the... Uh, Rest of the series, as far as that goes. I just thought it's, I do. Want to, I want to give a shout out. Oh, have the, the floor is yours. Just want to give a shout out to Matt Walters. Uh, you're the man. Chili dog. Yeah, chili dog. All right, chili dog gets a shout out on the short side option. You like to. You always like to. You know, respect. He's as far as a sideline reporter goes, as good as it gets. Absolutely, the guy. Uh, the guy is. Um, I don't know if he's a wild, he's approaching icon status. I think that's I think he's right in that mix. Yeah, right in that mix. Well, folks, that'll do it here for this week's edition of the Short Side Option. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at tsso underscore podcast and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, once again, signing off uh, for the icon and for Dilu. Uh, thanks for listening, and go Cats. <laughs>